The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get your popcorn ready as Husker basketball back at it, PBA. We are loaded up. Uh, excited for Nebraska basketball. Should be a, an intriguing, high-flying, high-level season. Will it mean dancing sometime in March? Uh, time will tell with that. We'll Dive plenty heavy into Nebraska basketball with uh, longtime Nebraska assistant and Hall of Fame high school basketball coach Jeff Smith. Uh, key cog in those uh, 90s glory years, a golden era with Coach Nee. Well, Jeff Smith, my color partner and great, uh, great coach at Southeast for so many years, going to be with us in an hour to kind of preview and get his take on the Big Red basketball season here for 2021-2022. In 20 minutes, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, his takeaway and take on yesterday's news with Scott Frost's retention and then Scott Frost's dismissal of four assistants. You've had about 24 hours to sleep on it and still plenty of time for you to get in and and react. And, and we have kind of moved on to, you know, what's happened with the changes on the staff to what is next, who is going to be filling those positions after Black Friday against Iowa. And you've had a chance to, to weigh in. You, your knee-jerk and then your long-term take, right? You, is your knee-jerk reaction to Frost's retention the same as how you feel 24 hours later? Is this going to work? History says no. No. Now, you have a couple of, of instances that were pointed out by Dirk Chatlin, and we talked to one of these guys he was talking about, Gary Barnett, pretty regularly, about, you know, kind of heading into a year five. Gary Pinkle, also an example where Missouri stuck with him, and of course, Bill McCartney. And Coach Barnett's told that story where they went one in 10, one in 10 after a five and six season in Boulder. They were so close to getting to a, to a bowl. They went one in ten, I think, in year three or year four, or some ungodly number. And the athletic director at the time, because he had time, gave him all extensions after a one in ten year. Both all, I think, uh, Coach Mack, if you've ever heard him on the show a while back, I mean, he's kind of a, he's kind of intense. He's kind of loud. He kind of works the room. And they were all surprised about getting. Yeah, you know, the AD was coming in to fire him. Here's an extension. You guys, I see what you're doing. And I think Trev Alberts sees what's going on. And and here's the other side of that coin. And we'll hear from some of Coach, or I should say Trev Alberts' commentary on the network last night because I thought Trev 
was absolutely phenomenal with his explanation, taking this head on and then dealing with the feedback and the flack because there's a lot of Nebraskans out there that have seen enough in four years and don't believe it'll be any different in a fifth season. And there's some Nebraskans that say, okay, look at all the close losses. Scott Frost is right there. All you need to do is, you know, get better on offense. Easier said than done. And as as I've looked at at things, um, maybe a little different take here, but I I think it was, you can say all you want for for recruiting that you needed to get rid of the four assistants uh, if you were going to go into homes here by the 28th of November. You're still going to need to, to have people, it's going to be Scott Frost in that living room. There's there's damage control that's going on with the the small number of commits, with some of them that were recruited by other people. Uh, you have a very unhappy offensive line room right now. Uh, whoever's working with them, they'll listen to, they'll do their best. But you got a lot of offensive linemen that are are really probably ticked off that Greg Austin's not there. And Greg Austin was easy. The O line was easy to blame and get after. But the the reality is this to me as I look at Nebraska's offensive struggles, and Greg Austin's going to get a better job. Greg Austin's going to get a really good job. Greg Austin's a Husker, and we talk and we'll hear about loyalty because Nebraska was loyal to Scott to give him a fifth year. Uh, you can argue Scott was not loyal to his assistants that came with him to this point when it came to getting rid of them before the season ends. And that's, that's a fair take, but the point of this is to, to get into what the, what's been the problems, the offensive line, Nebraska's Nebraska's playing, you know, red shirt freshmen and red shirt sophomores right now. That, that's never happened here. And what's being asked of this offensive line versus what they can do. What are they good at at a young age? never really got on the same page this year. So Scott Frost is going to put an offensive game plan together with his quarterback and going to call pass routes for a revamped wide receiving core. And it's not going to be great because your protection is not good. You're not emphasizing or getting downhill or good at running the football. Maybe you never tried to be good at running the football, right? You've got a run game coordinator, you got an offensive coordinator, and you've got the head coach that's also an offensive coordinator. You had too much going around here in circles with, hey, here's what I think can happen if we want to run the football. And I'm just hypothetically saying this. Thanks, Greg. Here's what we're going to do when we call run plays. Well, maybe or maybe not, that's what Greg Austin suggested or didn't suggest. Here's what my guys can do to block. Here's what my guys can do to get you going in the run game. Scott, what do you think of that? Eh, I'm going to go with what I think is cool. Potentially. I don't know. It, it's just a, a situation where Nebraska needs to, to, to find the right answer here in year five if there wants to be a year six. And is, is year five going to be any better? Time will tell with that. But I thought you could have uh, maybe waited till the end of the year to make your changes. Uh, I think the coaching fraternity is going to react pretty poorly to the sacrificial lambs that have been on your staff. It's your offense. And you got rid of guys that were coaching your offense. 
but maybe it flips around. The, the reality is this, too, with Scott Frost. Is Scott okay with being boring? Scott's never been boring a day in his life when it comes to play calling and the offenses he's run. He has had incredible, incredible offenses at Oregon with Mariota and Chip and Central Florida and McKenzie. They were awesome. They are fun. They're must-see TV. Guess what, dude? You're going to win and live a long time in the Big Ten being boring. Are you okay with being boring? And part of Trev talking about leadership and management, are you going to be able to step out of the way, delegate as a program leader with whoever else you bring in while it's really your ass? That's going to be the hard question. Can you be hands-off or help the situation with planning and strategy with a different offense that's downhill? And some of us will see it, will believe it when we see it with Nebraska really truly devoting to a ground game and continuing to play bumper cars through three quarters for a fourth quarter payoff. Nebraska did that against Oklahoma, but Scott needs to be able to absolutely truly change and be okay with with being boring. Let's go to the phones real quick before we hear from Trev Alberts. Russ is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Russ, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Hey, Schmitty, thanks for taking my call. Um, long-time listener. And, uh, Thank you, man. Hey, um, i tell you what, I really like your show. Um, specifically out there, um, I kind of had heard rumors um, that maybe a couple of the coaches were wanting to leave, not necessarily the Nebraska guys. I don't know that, but I know I had heard that there was a couple coaches that actually had wanted out. So I think it's uh, there's got to be some mutualism there. I, I don't think it was necessarily that Scott was cutting all four of these go. I think there was a couple of them that uh, were wanting to get out and try something new um, and weren't really getting along with with everything and I guess that can happen after being you know together after a while and going through all these struggles so you know I wouldn't put it all on Scott for just cutting these four loose I know you know for there's probably a couple of them that were wanting out and wanting to do something different so that's a good thing absolutely and and I and I don't and I don't you know what I don't think you're wrong Russ but there's a there's you can wait till the end of the year I guess is my point it looks like you're right. just kind of tossing them out because Thursday's garbage day. Right. Well, I think it, uh, you know, it has to do with recruiting too. I mean, they're one. How are you going to uh, be able to sell recruiting though if if it's maybe just a year deal for the head coach? Yeah, I, I, I guess it's just good faith. Um, Absolutely. I mean, let's. You, you know, know, if you're a Nebraska fan, lot, let's hope it works out. Absolutely. There was a lot of speculation that there should be announcement one way or the other Monday, so that. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids at least knowing moving forward, you know, whether Scott's going to be here or not. Now, you know, all that other stuff's going to have to fall in line because who knows what type of offense we're going to run, et cetera. But, um, you know, I guess we just roll with it at this point. And if nothing else, it gives Trev 12 more months, 15 more months to, uh, or, you know, a year more to, to figure out what the next plan is. If, you know, hopefully if this doesn't work out, you know, hopefully it does. We've waited long enough, and uh, you know Scott. Russ, let me let me ask you this: Where were you at? You want him, did you fence. want him back? I've been on the fence the whole time. Um, 
I, I go back and forth. When we lose on Saturday, it would be get rid of Scott, you know. No, I, and then you I, and the I'd rest of the back. state, man. <laughs> then I'd yeah, get yeah. back, and then I'd sit back on the Sunday and Monday and cool off and uh, and go, you know, we've been close. So instead of being blown out all these games with the big teams, we're hanging tough, and maybe we just need a couple tweaks. No, I get you. Um, and so it's it's I've been on a been riding the fence, but. Um, Anyhow, I guess that's where I'm at, and I guess we just roll with it. Um, but I, I guess the main point I was trying to make was I think there was a couple guys that probably didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. And, you know, I guess in any relationship, you go through your struggles. So, uh, you know, don't put it all on. I would say don't put it all on Scott for just cutting these four loose to save his own hide. I, I think there was some mutual agreement there about who wanted to stay and who wanted to go, but I, you know, who knows, held in Austin. Russ, Maybe those thanks. guys wanted to stick around, but Get thanks for much. taking my call. They appreciate you listening, man. Thanks for the input. You can get in at 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Kaz is coming up here in, uh, in about an hour 15. Get his take on things as well. Uh, so we'll take some more of your calls, more of your thoughts on this. And no, it, it just doesn't look good with that. And, yeah, if you're coaches and if you're disgruntled, I'll say this. Greg's the only coach that's kind of self-made on this staff. Everyone else has been with Scott. Becton was retained from Central Florida uh, with the O'Leary era, I'm pretty sure. But Greg's been in Philadelphia with, with Chip Kelly, and he was – uh, at, at other spots. Greg's had offers and he's stayed at Nebraska is where I'm going. And then to, to, to get dismissed like that. Now, I don't know that Greg Austin would have been back for another season or not, kind of to, to Russ's point. Let's hear real quick from Trev Alberts. Do we have time? We might have time on the decision. This again from the network last night to keep Scott. Well, first of all, we're really excited that, you know, that Scott's going to be back. And I, I've really uh, enjoyed this year. You know, I, I didn't know Scott went well when I when I took the job. You know, we didn't really overlap. And, and just like with any relationship, you know, I think over time and you gain some trust with each other, I think you can have some more uh, intimate conversations and detailed conversations uh, about a program that we both love very dearly. I'm not one to make big, bold proclamations, and I prefer to have, you know, we, we don't we don't publicly determine who's going to win a football game in the middle of the second quarter. We play all four quarters and, and see what's on the scoreboard. But the challenge is with, with some of the changes in college athletics, obviously, with an early signing date and a, and a transfer portal. Um, I do think that uh, at this point in an off week when coaches are going to head out and, and do some recruiting, it was important that we um, – you know, sit down and, and, and discuss the future. So that was Trev Albert's uh, last thought from Trev here on changes uh, that were made uh, on staff and changes that Scott's going to make uh, with his system. There was no question to me in, in making some observations that there's some things that we can do differently and we can get better. I, I want to first say that Scott and I both understand that our results have not been what they need to be. 
nobody is is suggesting that that where we stand is is um, is currently comfortable and or acceptable long term. But I also think, you know, and just observing and watching some things that are very, very important to me in terms of the unity of the players, the work ethic, the togetherness, you know, those things are there. And so I've talked about incremental progress and, and I've seen that in some key areas. I also want to tell you and, and very transparently say that the Minnesota and Purdue losses uh, were difficult for me. And, and they shake some of your confidence. Proud of the response, proud of how they weigh, played against Ohio State. We don't buy into moral victories here, but I do think that you know, some of those very detailed fundamental things about attention to detail and, and organizational skills, those types of things, um, Scott and I have discussed, and I believe that Scott has a good plan and a vision around that. And I think some of that small incremental progress can continue to move forward uh, as we move forward into next year. I just think that uh, these last two weeks against Wisconsin and Iowa, we owe it to our student athletes to have 100% focus, both coaches administratively, to to support their chance at winning those two games. Trev Alberts, we'll have a little bit more from Trev. We'll hear from Fred Hoiberg as Nebraska tips off uh, their season tonight. Mitch Sherman on the way with The Athletic. His reaction to the news yesterday. More from you on the phones and, of course, with email, chris at hailvarsity.com. Hail Varsity continues. Back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out on a Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, thanks for the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of move forward now that some answers have been laid out uh, in the short term here with Nebraska football and, and hoops is around the corner. So, yeah, it's, it's I guess, on to a bye week now that the, the news drop happened yesterday. And want to get your take and reaction and, and great column uh, on The Athletic uh, yesterday, Mitch, with just some of your reaction. But as we talk to you here are you surprised that that Scott and Trevor back together for another year? Well, that's a complex question. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, it's say, exactly. <laughs> it's really not a hard question. It's a hard answer. I am not surprised um, based on the way that things were pointing coming out of the Ohio State game. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year – that they would be staring at a three-win season and they were going to run it back in 2022, yeah, a little surprise there. But, you know, there's a lot of context. There's a lot to take into account about the way this year has gone and the things that Trev has um, learned about the program and, and the way that he feels. And, and there are a number of other issues also involved with the finances and, and various uh, – uh, items that involve the direction of Nebraska football and the future of Nebraska football. So I will say on Monday at 2 p.m. when the news came, no, I was not surprised, but I was also prepared for it to go the other direction and there to be no announcement this week and for uh, this thing to, to play out after Black Friday, in which case I don't know that we would have, um, that we would have uh, received the, the news that we did. It may have been, been the other uh, – the other side of things but you know all that said i'm giving you a long answer here but okay. um everything um everything that 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 
that we learned yesterday uh, falls in line, I think, with um, you know, with with the way that that this season has gone in, in that in that the, the the choice to restructure his deal it goes hand in hand with 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 this decision. Um, I don't know that it would have worked if they had just said let's let's bring it back and we're not going to make uh, the kinds of changes that we did. This was this this uh, this all worked in conjunction, obviously uh, making changes to the offensive staff restructuring the contract and then the decision to uh to um bring scott back in 2022 mitch sherman is with us from the athletic kale varsity radio at mitch sherman on twitter let's get into the restructuring and it's down to four million for 2022 and it's also now a 7.5 million dollar buyout no longer 15 million and and scott was okay with that uh, I uh, just covering Scott as long as I have, and also seeing him in college when I first got into this. I mean, we're talking about a really prideful, mm-hmm. uh, confident guy, and and now not only have you you've been brought up in front of the the masses about an NCAA investigation, you've had your AD talking about confident shaking losses on the the network last night but oh by the way we're going to chop your some of your zeros in half financially um trev had to be pretty confident with with that offer and say hey look we the kids didn't quit on you uh they're still playing hard uh there's some things that need to change and by the way part of that's your salary um was that a move you were expecting from trev or thought maybe in play because of what Michigan did yeah. earlier with Harbaugh. Yeah, um, I, I I had thought that yes, that there was a possibility that the um, the announcement would be accompanied by some reworked terms of the contract. Yes, and, and you know part of that absolutely has to do with the fact that we've seen this in college football before, and there's a precedent right within the Big Ten um, for Michigan. And Michigan did this a year ago. Um, you talk about pride and. I think pride is what is what brought him back. Um, the alternative to accepting the restructured deal was to walk with twenty million. Um, I believe. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, you know, Scott had I, <laughs> that was that was the choice. You can you can take the the new this this new deal, um, which I'm sure was negotiated, and or you can, you know, you can you have a twenty million dollar buyout. And he chose the option that very well may pay him less money. And that is a move that shows a lot of pride, pride in, in his own work and pride in being the coach at Nebraska. Um, I, I think there are a lot of coaches who seeing this offer would have said, I'm going to go with the option with the guaranteed money where I know I'm going to make $20 million dollars. He may have to. We don't know what the terms of the contract are and where the buyout goes mm-hmm. after 2022. That will all come out. But he may have to coach three years, at least two, maybe three or more, to recoup the $20 million that he could have earned just by saying no thanks to Trev's offer this week. So um, he clearly has put his money where his mouth is in in after his comments that 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 he wants to be here very badly um we know that now there's no question and that and that's uh that is a feather in his cap that he can 
he can use um, in, in bringing in coaches, that he can use on the recruiting trail. If you want to see how badly Scott Frost wants to be the coach at Nebraska, look at the $8.5 million that he potentially left on the table over the next 12 months just to get the opportunity to do this for one more year and not spend 2022 on the golf course. Can he be a better leader? Can he, can he change and get more hands-on or a little bit better with attention to detail and, and be more CEO-ish because it is hard. The guy loves calling plays, design and plays, but you've seen other areas of the football team falter yeah. uh, because he's not been paying attention to it or wasn't supervising, so to speak. So he's going to have to go hire a new OC, new O-line, new offense, got to got to get boring and ground and pound in the Big Ten and time of possession. That's your formula. At least that's what's worked for Wisconsin and Iowa. Is he? How hard is that going to be? Do you think for him to to, to change what he's done? And that's going to be a high flying, uh, high flying act offensively that's been really good for a lot of years. Yeah, I don't think he makes the decision to take the restructured deal if he's you know unless he is committed to making the kind of change that he and Trev Alberts both believe can lead them to be to have the best chance to be successful in the big 10. And if they decided that that is to be more run oriented, more, more um, time of possession oriented, then, then, you know, that's what it'll be. And that's the direction, the direction he'll go with the moves that he makes on the offensive coaching side. Um, if it's to continue to be RPO and to look to do some different things and, and, you know, be an offense that's a bit of an outlier in the big 10, that they feel that's their best chance of success. Maybe they look at their personnel and they say, you know, this has got to be a quick fix. Um, so we can't change the entire offense. Not that they would need to change it to be ball control. Um, not that they would need to change the personnel um, entirely to be ball control. I think they have the players who can do that. But they're going to go with the, the, the system that, that fits their personnel the best. This, this is not a three-year deal. This is not probably even a two-year fix. This is how can we be good in, in, in 2022. So um, that involves the offense. It involves the role that, that Frost is going to take in overseeing this team. I do think you'll see him in more of a, um, an executive uh, kind of role where he walks around, where he takes a vested interest in special teams, where he has a special teams coordinator, um, and he allows his offensive coordinator to, um, to, call, the, to call the plays, to run the, to run the show, to bring in his scheme, maybe bring in his quarterback. We'll, we'll, um, you know, we'll find out more. We'll get to hear from, from Scott tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'll, he'll share some of his, uh, his vision for what this offense is going to look like in 2022, but some of that, of course, is going to come from the new coordinator too, and, and I think it's going to be a few weeks before they have, uh, they have that entirely settled. Well, and I'm wondering here what – What's the direction for a coordinator and O line coach? And just from a jumbled standpoint, Mitch, how jumbled do you think the offense? I mean, it looked like it because of their sputtering and inconsistency, but I think of the players, right? I think of the players with this offensive system and what they were asked to do versus what they can do. And I look at Austin, I look at Verduce, you know, Mario, I look at, I look at uh, Lubick, and I look at Scott. I mean, that's a lot of. A lot of ideas, and then let's let's narrow it down and figure out what works on third and three in the red zone. And it wasn't working. Uh, new faces, new names. That's got to that's got to gel pretty good, don't you think? Here between now and in in Ireland. Yeah, and a lot of this is going to depend too on what the what the roster looks like with returning players. You know, there there 
this is an age um, that's different than any time when Nebraska's gone through staff changes, uh, whether it was assistant coaches or a head coaching change, and that the, the guys have the opportunity to go and transfer, and it's, it's more attractive because they don't have to sit out a year if it's the first time doing it. So there's all kinds of players uh, in that locker room who I'm sure right now are unsure, uncertain about what their future holds because they had strong connections to – whether it be at Mario or Ryan Held or Greg Austin or, or Matt Lubick. Um, and, you know, they have decisions to make. So, um, you know, I, I wrote in my piece that, that is, is out today on The Athletic that uh, Sean Becton, he's got an extremely important job. And he's the one offensive assistant who's left. Uh, fortunately for, for Scott Frost in Nebraska, he's, he, he may be the best recruiter on that staff. And I, and I think he has got to um, be tasked with – uh, taking all of those pass catchers under his wing. And the, the, the tight ends, the young tight end, Thomas Fedoni, to start with, and then all of those receivers, too, um, and sell them on what his vision and Scott's vision and the future offensive assistant coach's vision are going to be for this system. Because if they end up losing uh, a huge chunk, a big chunk, of those pass catchers, you can have any quarterback in the country and it's not going to work. Notice there are not receivers. There are not a lot of receivers in Nebraska's recruiting class uh, as it stands today. And I don't believe that, that they're going to be able to entirely rebuild their receiving room with, with transfers through the portal. It's got to be the guys who are there. And there's a lot of talent there among that receiving core with eligibility to return. Um, but they have to return in order to give Nebraska a chance. So, um, th- th- there are some uh, important conversations ahead uh, between, and I would say Beckton's the point man, but of course Frost too, and then w- when they have the new offensive staff in place between those guys and your players like Xavier Betts and Oliver Martin and Alante Brown and Will Nixon and the, 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 the three true freshman receivers and Thomas Fedoni and even a guy like Omar, Omar Manning. He's got a year left if he wants to come back and play. Well, uh, I think Becton's good stuff. We'll see what can get done. Mitch, you have a good rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Okay, thanks, Chris. All right, we'll uh, take some more thoughts here on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up, Jeff Smith, former Nebraska basketball assistant to Hall of Fame high school coach. Get his take on the Big Red at PBA this season. Rick Kaczynski, Coach Kaz, coming up in hour two. Thank you to Mitch Sherman. Numbers to get and open phones here till 5 at 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. couple more thoughts from Trev Alberts uh, as he was on the network here with Scott Frost. So we've been talking about a couple of different things. Uh, you know, what's next and will it work? And when we talk about some of those names to fill the void of the assistant coaches, because that'll be key. Who's coming in? Who can they recruit? Who can they land? Who can they get in the portal? Who can they keep from transferring to Mitch's point? All those things got to be a reality. And uh, with Trev talking uh, to uh, the World Herald and Journal Star last night, uh, Trev made it known, look, I didn't mandate Scott Fire any coaches at all. No coaches, especially no individual coaches. Uh, I wasn't part of it. This is Scott's plan. This is Scott's vision. And uh, away we go with where Nebraska football is going direction-wise. And let's get into standard for a moment. Uh, 
right? What What's the standard? And next year's got to be a bowl season, okay? And next year can't be limping into a bowl season. Let's just call it like we, we think it needs to be. You've been patient as a Nebraska fan. God love you. And a lot of you are patient with your, your quarterback that won a national championship for you that is now going to get a fifth year. And look, I'm okay. I'm okay with a fifth year. I said a week ago he needs a fifth year. And to be as good as he can be, because I know how smart of a, of a coach he is, right? I know what I've seen and I've followed with him from his previous stop. So you know there's talent there. You know there's enough talent there that everyone was lined up to go get it handled and make him their next head guy back in 2017. And I also look at the league he came from. And I was the first to say, okay, man, the AAC's money. It's a great league. Look at Matt Rule. He's now in the NFL. Look at Coach Herman, right? I think what we've seen from the AAC is they have had uber-talented squads in some really nice recruiting hotbeds. Not not Frost's fault, not Herman's fault, not Rule's fault. Not, uh, who's the cat at Virginia Tech? Fuentes? He was at Memphis, right? He, and he was at Memphis. Memphis was good. Charlie Strong, South Florida, Texas, okay? You've seen all these guys jump from the AAC where they were just cleaning up and killing it and probably won a bowl game against an SEC team. Not their fault. And they probably walked into some really talented situations that were not being coached the right way. So you go crush that league for a couple, three years, and you make the jump, you make your payday, and except for a rule, all those guys have been whacked. And it comes down to where do you live? And where do you live now is the Big Ten. And it's for real. And it's taken this blowhard on the mic a lot of years to give its respect to the league. But, man, I do because every Saturday is a bloodbath to quote Mark Banker, just from a physicality standpoint and guys that are smart between the years and they've coached a hundred years. So ideally, when we talk about Nebraska's next move with assistance, can you get guys that, that know the Big Ten? Well, in a normal reset, let's put a staff together, yes, but it's going to be a hard sell because it might be a one-year deal or it could be a multi-year deal where everyone gets paid because you bet on yourself and you you won. And I just don't know. The name I, I keep hearing for offensive coordinator, and there's been some talk on the internet about Jake Peets. Peets is at LSU. Peets is making $1.2 million a year. Peets is the pride of O'Neill, Nebraska. Peets is a guy that's been to a lot of spots, and he's been... Uh, a quarterback coach with Del Rio for then the Oakland Raiders, all the way working his way up from quality control. He's been with Bama. I mean, he's been to a bunch of stops, and he went from the running backs coach where he coached McCaffrey at Carolina to uh, taking an OC job with LSU. And LSU's been averaging about 17 to 20 points a ball game. But you know what type of bleep show that is down there with Orgeron 
in company. LSU is going to be very interesting here because you hear the name Mickey Joseph as well. So wide receivers coach, but possibility. Mickey was, uh, you know, a decent quarterback here in Lincoln, but he's been really a money wide receivers coach at LSU. When you look at all the dudes the uh, Bayou Bengals have put into the NFL, I think it's going to be important to keep a guy uh, on staff like Bill Bush. If you truly do give a damn about special teams, give him the job. I know he's an analyst, but make it full time and let him go rock and roll. How many guys are you going to be able to keep on your defensive staff? Let's ask that question. If Scott might have only a year, you better make a phone call if you're Trev Alberts and ask Mr. Chenander what he wants. So he ain't looking. And it's not like he'd leave because of, of loyalty to Scott. No, Chins has been busting his ass for a long time and doing an amazing job. And we've all given credit, but there needs to be some financial credit given to keep him around. If you're Travis Fisher, he's been sniffed around a lot by uh, other programs, SEC programs. So there, there's that reality. Just because you, you've switched things. Yeah, that's the other part of this, you know, getting rid of your four assistants. You could very well have punted on the defense if they didn't play so well this year or continue to make progress. But guess what? You got a bunch of super seniors to come back that has allowed you to groom guys behind them. So you'll have some first-year starters, but you're also going to have some second-year starters in Robinson, in Reimer, in Henrich, and then you got Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson. Don't know what 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 D Boogie Boogie's going to do on the defensive line, but he's money too. You've seen guys get better with their first year as starter, and then they'll be more comfortable as a second-year starter. So there's just a lot of unanswered questions here. Let's talk about Trev and the reduction of salary. This was really good last night on the network with Trev talking about, all right, Scott, let's put your money where your mouth is. Let's bet on, you're going to bet on yourself. You're going to take the, the, the buyout to go away. Scott's talked about how he bleeds for the Huskers, and this is important. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was important to me. When I, when I look at good deals, good business deals, um, I rarely see a good business deal where only one party has skin in the game. But if both of us have skin in the game, we're both fairly incentivized to work really hard to be successful. And uh, part of, of risk is, is mitigation of risk as well. And so having um, some understanding about some of the changes that Scott wanted to make, Scott was willing to reduce his salary next year to $4 million from five. And then we've renegotiated his buyout for next year from $15 million to seven and a half. And so I think those are, are two really important indicators about Scott's commitment. Um, you know, he's talked an awful lot about how important this is to him. And in a way, Scott's bet on himself. And I like that. And I think that's pretty cool. And so, uh, like I said, Scott's probably a little bit uncomfortable. The university and I might be a little bit uncomfortable. And that's why I think we have a really good deal. And uh, there's no guarantees uh, of success, but I think um, this gives us the most reasonable chance to work together, all hands on deck, to see if we can execute his vision at a high level next year and, and keep making progress to getting Husker football back to where we'd all like it to be. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. What final time this hour, Jeff Smith on the way, former Nebraska assistant coach for basketball. Hall of Fame coach for Lincoln Southeast. Get his take on the Big Red 
And then it's a Tuesday with Kaz on Hale Varsity. Rick Kaczynski will join us at 525. A couple minutes left to uh, get in this hour. It's 466-3776-4667-800-825-5865. We'll also hear some thoughts uh, coming up from Coach Hoiberg. Uh, last thought here with Trev Alberts and, and loyalty, and we started the show off with you have Nebraska, its uh, regents, its financial brass, and its athletic director showing default loyalty, when in doubt, go with the Husker. They did that yesterday. And you have some questions about loyalty by not dismissing assistance on offense, but when you dismissed them. Okay. That's the, that's the rub. And uh, you're going to have some work to do if you're Scott Frost with the offensive line. Because those guys loved Greg Austin. Can you get him up and get him ready by Wisconsin, by Iowa? But here is Trev on erroring, erroring, if there is an error, in 2022 on the side of loyalty. Well, like anything else in life, um, we've got a society that's probably going to be pretty divisive with any decision that's made. I've heard everything from I've set the program back two years um, to um, this is the right move. You know, I've thought a little bit about this too, Greg. Um, you know, there are no easy answers. Um, there, You know, you make as well of an informed decision as you can given the data that you have at the time. And sometimes I think if, if, if a decision is hard to determine and you're not sure which way to go, um, you know, Scott's one of us. He's a Nebraskan. He's a Cornhusker. He's a brother. And so if we're going to err, perhaps we err on the side of loyalty. You and I both have, and everybody in this department has a name um, tag, uh, or whatever it's called, on our desk, and it has our core values underneath it, and loyalty is one of them. And so... We're not going to be blindly loyal. I don't want to send that message. But if, um, you know, if you're trying to balance one or the other, you know, we're going to err. Um, I'd like to think as long as I'm here, we're going to err on the side of loyalty as best we can. So Trev Alberts, super impressive last night with walking through the decision to retain, walking through the expectations for Nebraska football, walking through, you know, Scott's, Reality, and that is to be a guy that is able to lead. And listen, guys, have you've had enough pride and want to and grit with the kids on this team? They have fought for one another. They fought for themselves. They fought for their position coaches, and they fought for their head coach because they've not tapped out. But you're going to have to to really put in a ton more elbow grease after these dismissals. And you got to get organized. And that's a big step into being back beyond 2022, your organization. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense is buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Coach Smith next hour. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at C underscore Clark underscore 27. That's it, I promise, for his Twitter handle. Uh, coming up, Rick Kaczynski. We welcome in Hall of Fame basketball coach, longtime assistant at Nebraska and Hall of Famer with uh, Lincoln Southeast. We say hi to Jeff Smith. Coach, it's basketball season all of a sudden. How you doing? It is basketball season, thank goodness. <laughs> what, you're telling me football wore you down just a touch? Oh, oh, a little bit. But, you know, it's just a great time of year where football playoffs are coming up and, you know, at the college level and basketball's getting started, NBA's getting rolling. It's, 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 there's a lot of stuff to watch and, uh, and entertain us. It is, and uh, there's so much to get to. And, you know, Nebraska moves on from preseason against Wayne State and the Colorado Buffaloes to uh, now Western Illinois tonight. And I, I'm interested here, we'll go – Big picture and then little picture for tonight and tonight's matchup and, and action, but also just your outlook here for this this Husker team. And I love talking to you about Big Red basketball. I love your your connection to it. And I look at the athleticism and talent and depth and roster of this team, and I, it reminds me of of some of the athletes and, and the, the talent you had during. The years Nebraska really made some some fun seasons memorable for a kid in Section B. That was me, uh, with with your '90s teams. And do you see any any parallels at all with just some of the talent and the options the teams you helped coach and recruit to to what you see? And and I know that's a pressurized question, but do you see any parallels? Oh, I definitely do. I think that I think the depth is number one. I think that you know that those those early '90s teams we had. Um, great competition because of our depth. We, we could find guys to come off the bench if somebody wasn't performing quite as well. Um, it, made, it made practice co- competitive every day. Um, we gained confidence as the season went with, and, and we got along well, and I see that with these guys too. Um, and, and then I think, I think the, the guard play, um, you know, some of those guys we had with Clifford Scales and Strickland and some of that group that came through in the 90s, um, athletic guards, like I think Trey is, and I think Alonzo Verge is, those similarities. I don't know if they're quite as strong inside, but the game isn't quite oriented that way anymore either. No, you're right. I mean, it's there's you look at the NBA and you've got uh, the stretches and, 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 you know, the Durants of the world and you know, seven-footers launching from three and a uh, little, little less physicality, a little more athleticism and finesse. Is, is how you have some positionless basketball, right? I mean, it, it's just the way things have moved. And outlook-wise with the team, you know, what's what's the ceiling here? Can it be uh, an Andy Katz or a Goodman, you know, shot-in-the-dark projection of Nebraska's dancing as a 10 seed, or do you think that's a lot to ask for this squad this year? No, I think it can be. I think with their – I've always thought the last two years, Coach Hoiberg, 
has created uh, shots at the rim and threes. We just haven't been quite talented enough to consistently finish um, and knock down threes. I think they've added some of the shooters they need. I think they're a little more athletic and longer. Um, so I'm hoping in those two areas, with his system, I'm really hoping that that's, that's the case, that we can shoot a higher percentage consistently. Um, and it showed against Colorado, if, if that can be a consistent factor, and finish better around the rim. If we do that plus rebound, um, I think we can be there nationally at least. We still might finish seventh or eighth in our league mm-hmm. um, if we do well. And but nationally, you know that that probably gets you up up close to a ranking, and and hopefully could get you in the tournament. Jeff Smith is with us, uh, former Nebraska assistant with basketball Hall of Fame coach at Lincoln Southeast. With us here, Hale Varsity Radio. The season tipping off Nebraska Western Illinois tonight at PBA. And talk to me about just Nebraska's transition and and how backbreaking that can be in the Big Ten. And I know it's all keyed from rebounding, which is uh, a point you just mentioned. Glass, glass, glass. I mean, that's got to be emphasized. But, you know, that whole process of getting the board and then the outlet, Nebraska's got to be scary good with, with some of their weapons, with some of their athletes in transition this year. Yeah, it, you know, everybody, and we've we've heard kind of the last couple of weeks, guards have to rebound, and, and they definitely do. Our, our guards are going to have to stay in there. And, you know, we always set a goal that they, they were trying to get at least five defensive boards. Okay. And that's if we can do that, we can key the break. And I like Coach Hoiberg. He'll let just about anybody take it. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Eduardo can, but um, but they can they can take it. And, and that's an advantage to you know some motivation for rebounding is go get the ball to the glass and then you can lead the break and and that's that's the pace he wants that helps build the pace he wants if guys can just get it and go instead of always having to outlet the ball and their their versatility is such that they can do that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think they want to, I think they want to score 80, 90 points and, and be hard to guard in transition and, and shoot in transition and, and then chase it down. And, you know, as many threes are being shot these days, rebounding is a little tougher because you're getting long rebounds and, and you, you've got to stay in and rebound. What's the message and how did you approach talented kids, either in high school or college? that balance of letting the game come to them versus forcing it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a tough one. You know, a lot of these guys are used to, to maybe taking over games. And I'm sure, I'm sure Bryce McGowan's is, is discovering that you've got to play harder than you did in high school. And you probably felt like you played hard in high school. I'm sure he did mm-hmm. to, to get the numbers he did, but it's, He's, they're going to be physical against a kid like that. Um, he, but if you know, my one of my sayings was play hard and good things happen. It, it's you're you're not going to be successful if you don't just start with that mantra of just giving it everything you have and doing the little things, and and then good things will come to you. You know, you might have to run the floor ten times before you get rewarded um, to get that layup. You, you might have to box out six, seven times before you finally get a good rebound and can go with it. But that that level that level of intensity at at, at the Division One high Division One level is going to have to be immense, especially when we get in league play. When you get to league play, and even some of Nebraska's non-con, it's going to be about tempo and pacing, and teams are going to try and keep Nebraska out of rhythm. Do you worry about Nebraska's half court? And and tell me a little bit about what Fred has this year at his disposal with what 
ideally he wants to do offensively? Yeah, I, I, first, I went and watched him practice, and I, first of all, I was really impressed with the leadership of Trey McGowan and Derek Walker. It's nice to have some returning players that know the system. They know what's coming in the league. And like you said, we got a really, really nice schedule set up. We've got some games that, that hopefully, you know, we play hard, that we can, Western Illinois and, and Sammy State, that we can win. And then you got a really good test with, a, with kind of a new Creighton team that, that developed some or recruited some new talent. And then again, you've got some games where you can just continue to get better with Idaho State. But then you've got you know North Carolina State, uh, Auburn, Kansas State that are non-cons that are are, are talented um, and going to be tests for us. And then of course, this league's amazing. Um, I think I think they have kind of a three-headed monster inside with Derek Walker, who's who's stronger this year, really good pick and roll guy, and can finish inside. And I think we're going to have to have some really solid physical um, defensive work with him. They did a great job of doubling down in the Colorado game, and I hope they continue to do that. And then you can bring uh, bring Breidenbach in, and he's a really versatile big that I think I think is you know physically prepared to defend inside some too. And then Eduardo might really come in handy if there's foul trouble and against some bigs with his length. I don't, he doesn't probably fit into the offensive scheme quite as well as, as Wilhelm does, but, but defensively and fundamentally, he's pretty sound. So those three guys are going to have to play big inside, and thank goodness we have three of them because I think we're going to need them all. Um, but I think, I think on the other end, if we can stick those shooters in the corners, if we can get Wilcher in the corner and, and Casey Tamanaga in the corners and, and those guys that can – and I've been, I've been really impressed – um, with a kid that came from um, from um, DePaul, um, Keon Edwards. I've been really impressed with him in practice and in those two exhibitions. Another 40% shooter. If they can spread people out not, and can consistently knock those shots down, then I think that opens it up for Alonzo, Alonzo Verge and, and the McGowan's brothers. Tell me a little bit about Bryce and uh, you know the five-star hype and, and dealing with that and just w- where – what would be a good season for him? We know that there's NBA aspirations. We know he's first-round draft board, but you still got to go perform, and he's the first to tell you that. What, what's what's fair for Bryce, and, and can you not ease in, but can you can you get more comfortable as the year goes on and just play versus all the noise that's out there? Oh, definitely, and I've seen improvement already. I went to a July practice and, and was fortunate enough to watch him, and Bryce was kind of shooting a lot of NBA threes, wasn't really mixing it up physically. Really, that first practice, I didn't see him really put it on the floor and just attack. Went to the practice um, three, four weeks ago when they're in about the middle of their you know, practice season be- schedule before the games, and he'd already started putting the ball on the floor a little bit more, getting an offensive rebound or two, not just, not just looking for the three, um, and then he'll he'll go through a learning curve where it, where the physicality of the game's gonna you know gonna take a toll on him a little bit, um, you know being guarded by Big Ten level players and denying him the ball some and um, he'll go through a but I would say honestly I would say anything you know average in double figures and shoot shoot around you know thirty five forty percent from the three and and shoot around fifty percent from the two. Um, and just be a complete player. Just show that I think he's – that's what I noticed about him is I think he has the ability to do everything. In fact, later in the Colorado game, they moved him to the point when they were sitting both the other 
two point guards, Virgin and, and his brother, and he did a pretty good job at the point guard. I think he can play four positions, um, but it, it just I think he's got to maintain confidence. I think he's got to. I think they got to be careful with his body because he doesn't weigh much, and if he, you know, if he's losing a lot of water weight and you know getting dehydrated, it's going to be a long season for him. But the, he's got a great ceiling, um, but he also has a lot to learn. You know, I, I, I saw him in practice and he missed a couple shots and he hung his head. You don't have time to hang your head at that level. Um, and I, but but again, I saw some improvement going into these these exhibition games. Jeff Smith, couple more minutes preview of Nebraska basketball. A tale of varsity radio. Coach, uh, of course, Coach Smith, uh, longtime assistant at Nebraska, Hall of Fame, high school coach, and he's with us. So, who's the straw that stirs the drink? Is it Verge? Is it is it uh, is it Trey? Or is there a name I'm not mentioning here? Who's going to make this squad go? Well, I always think a, a you know a team's guards are kind of what makes them go. Obviously, you want a good big man, but I think Alonzo uh, looks pretty dynamic with the ball in his hands. Look like a guy that could maybe get shots um, at the end of the shot clock and create some shots. Uh, really solid quickness and handles, and and can score, but also can distribute. It looked like in those two games and the practice I saw, he was pretty complete. I think Trey McGowan's will guard the point guard um, most of the time because his ball pressure it looks really solid. Probably their best ball pressure defender. Um, and so I, I really think it's those two that stirred up, plus Trey's leadership, mm-hmm. plus plus how, how lucky are you when you're Bryce McGowan's to have your brother there, you know, keeping you confident and teaching you things about, you know, this level of basketball. Um, he's he's going to help his brother a great deal too. So I, I would start with those two, and then I'd throw in Derek Walker's leadership. And he's if you if you are anywhere near the court, you hear Derek Walker talking. And that's the if your big man is the best talker on the court because he can usually see the whole court from you know from the paint area and and he he shows that ability to to communicate really well with his teammates. Coach, a uh, thought on tonight. Uh, what's what's a good performance look like for the Big Red? What are some keys? Well, I think it's different. You know, I, I know you played Colorado. I know you played Peru State, but it's different because everybody knows this is for real. So I think. You know, I think they just need to get off to a good start. Just good ball movement because that's their mantra is pushing the ball and then quick movement and nobody trying to do too much early and letting letting the game come to them like you talked about. Um, uh, establishing themselves on the board so they can get it out and go and, and putting some stops together so they can get it out and go. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I, I heard the spread was 16 or whatever, but I, I think, you know, Hopefully they can extend that and get out and play a lot of guys. And and uh, but I, I think a good perform. Any, you know, any win in this at this level is good. And, and basketball's evened out. You know, it, it it used to be a pretty big split between the power conferences and, and the others. But I don't think it's that big of a split anymore. And I know Western Illinois has some good length and and some bigs. So this will be a perfect test for them to come out. But I think with their ball pressure, with their ability to defend, and their if they share the ball. You know, twenty twenty five points would be. I'd be more than happy with that. Well, that'll be good. And Creighton looms in about a week, and we'll gear up and be on the road for that uh, down in the uh, the hay market. So excited for it, Coach! Always love catching up. Can't wait to do some ball with you again this uh, this winter. And thanks for your insight as always. Appreciate your time today. Love talking hoops, Chris. All right, Coach. Well, I love hearing you. Give us uh, your thoughts. You take care and have a good night tonight. 
You too. All right. Jeff Smith with us, uh, Hall of Fame basketball coach, Lincoln Southeast, longtime assistant with Nebraska basketball during that golden era, the knee era, and uh, his perspective is so uh, incredible. Good stuff from Coach. We will uh, be sure to uh, hear from Coach Kaczynski here shortly because that's uh, where we're going to be. Uh, get uh, Kaz's take a Tuesday with Kaz. Mitch Sherman in the first hour. Be sure to check that out on the on-demand page, ESPNLincoln.com. And also, uh, for sure, find us on Twitter at ESPNLincoln. Uh, Coach Kaz next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Some football thoughts here as another Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski joins us, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz getting down to it. It's November football, and uh, 24 hours uh, removed from all the news with Nebraska. You have Coach Frost back for 2022, and you have four of his offensive assistants shown the door in season coach have you ever been a part of something like that where the the head guy tells guys that have been with him for most of if not all of his career at least the last stop hey thanks for everything see you before the season's done hey schmitty uh hey thanks for having me on again but uh you know excuse me <laughs> to answer that question though you know very fortunate that uh i had never been in uh in that situation, uh, the guys, um, you know, guys I worked for, you know, they, there wasn't any, there wasn't anybody fired on the staffs that I was a part of. Uh, I know Coach Holtz. There was a couple times where he he made life difficult on guys, but he wasn't going to put them on the street, and he helped them. He helped them find guys, or he helped them find jobs. You know, tried said positive things about them, that that type right. of stuff. Um, but you know, that's 20 years ago, you know, 25 years ago, I know, uh, times, times change, you know, people change all that stuff. Um, that, I guess that's just part of, uh, college football these days, I guess. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's right. I don't, I don't know what benefit you have by two, two, two weeks left, two games left in the season. And, um, you know, all of a sudden that those four coaches don't fit into your vision for, for I guess next year, you know, and then who's coaching them? I know, I know you got Coach Brown there that can take the reins. Excellent coach, excellent person, excellent recruiter. But you know, who, who's coaching these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's coaching the O line? You know, these next two games, I'm assuming they're pretty important to to Nebraska. I know that I know they're important to Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, so you know, what the hell are you do in these next two games and and uh you know what about what about the players man you know everybody it's all it's all bs all student athletes you get all kind of people talking heads student athletes student athletes you know if you tell me tell me one reason how this decision benefits the student athletes with two games left and I'll cover your mortgage for the next 12 months. So uh, you know, that's how confident I feel that you're, you'd have a difficult time uh, hedging that uh, wager with finding a positive of uh, for the for the players. So uh, I just I just I don't like the decision. I thought it was disappointing. Um, 
you know, and, and what the hell do you get out of it? So, um, you know, just, uh, fortunately Schmitty never, never, never been a part of that, you know, just never, never been a part of that and, and blessed to not be a part of that. Rick Kaczynski's with us. What's the, what's the coaching fraternity's reaction likely to be? And I'm asking to, for you to speak uh, for a lot of folks that have done a lot of time in headsets and late night meetings and game planning. And I mean, you guys grind as, as coaches and, as uh, as as mentors to these student athletes, I mean, it, it can't be well received when it, no. you're, you're. It looks like you're throwing your guys under the bus and then dry, and then hitting reverse after you drive over them. Yeah, and you know, I was I was talking I was talking to a um, a guy that uh, coached in the NFL a bunch of years and uh, been a coordinator at some um, Power Five schools yesterday. And, you know, the conversation, the first thing he said, I, he actually notified me. First thing he's, mm-hmm. he's like, did you see that? I looked it up real quick. I said, you got to be kidding me. And he's like, and, and the words out of his mouth were, can you believe he did that? And I was like, <laughs> no. He's like, do you know him at all? I'm like, no. I go, but that tells me all I need to know, man. And, and, um, you know, this guy was in the, he's in the, was his last big time gig was in the big 12. And, and he just said, uh, you know, what he said to me was, he goes, that'd be like me as the defensive coordinator <laughs> firing my entire defensive staff for running my defense. He goes, that would kind of be an indictment on me. Wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously, obviously when you look outside the footprint of, of Nebraska and I, and I'm sure there's people there that, Hey, agree with the decision, got to do the yeah, right thing and taking steps. And now all of a sudden there's this new vision, right? Um, well, where the hell was that last year? Where was it two years ago? You know, now all of a sudden that Trev's there, you got a new vision and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing Scott. Heck it's, you know, it's his name. It's his program. You got to do what you do. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I've, I've never been in that position. It's, and I know talking with head coaches, things change when you're sitting in that chair and you got to make, make really, really, really difficult decisions. But I, I don't know how Nebraska benefits. I don't know how the players benefit. And, you know, I, you think that makes it attractive to, to guys that are going to want to come there. I mean, you know, you think it's attractive to a, to a high school junior right now. You think, you think those guys feel pretty confident that, uh, that, that Scott Frost is going to be the head coach from now. And if you don't think people aren't throwing darts at Nebraska, that who they're recruiting against, you're, you're, you're nuts. Uh, and people are saying that right now. So you know, I think globally it, it's real easy to throw darts at, at Scott and easy to throw darts at the program. But, uh, you know, that's to me, if, you know, you're going to get rid of four guys, get rid of them all. I mean, that's that staff is what, 15 and 27. You know, here's here's the deal. The other team, the object is to have the other team score less than you. All right. It's a it's a team game. You know, what what are we doing on special teams? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, that, 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 those are the, those are the questions when you're talking about getting text and having conversations with guys that are still in the business. 
that I know. I mean, that's that's the stuff that they're looking like, and they're saying, "Yeah, good luck. Who's going to come there?" You, so you're going to have you're going to hire a coordinator from somewhere. He's not even going to move his family. He's going to be living in the in the Cornhusker for ten months. I mean, that's 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 what you're looking at. That's the, you're looking down the barrel of of uh, of uh, you know of, of that right now. I mean, of, of those situations. So. Um, and obviously it's a little bit closer to home to, to coaches because there's people involved, there's families involved and no matter what you make and, you know, no matter what people say, that's part of the business or whatever, you know, when it happens, it's hard, man, you know, go tell your seventh grade daughter that, Hey, you know, you're going to have, Hey, after Christmas, you're going to be going to another school. I'm not quite sure what town, I'm not quite sure where we're going to live and, Hey, I'm going to get paid for another six months or whatever. And I'm sure Nebraska took care of those guys. Nebraska is a great place to be fired. That's the, that's the one positive there. So if you're going to get fired, that's where you want to be fired from. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are, those things are tough and people are pretty cavalier about just, Oh yeah, you know, fire this guy, fire that guy. And oh, it's part of the business. Well, you know, I hope it, I, I hope, I hope they never have to have those conversations with, uh, with their kids. Cause it's a, it's a tough deal, man. Rick Kaczynski is with us a few minutes here, Tuesdays with Kaz at Tale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, I want to spend a little bit uh, of time on, on coach Austin, who the offensive line's been, uh, piled on a lot this year and just focus in on kind of Greg's history, uh, his reputation and specifically what, what he was trying to do. It's real easy to, to look at the pass protection and, and the lack of consistency in running. And I know that's, that's his unit. He's the first to stick up for his guys. And I've just dug a little deeper with the reality that Nebraska has been playing young guys and i know it's the coach's job to get the young better i I get it but you can't microwave the lines of scrimmage and i I just look at some of the lines that nebraska had while you were at nebraska and even some of your your iowa lines and you guys did a hell of a job of developing guys and even if a young guy was in there wasn't four of them (laughs) okay i mean there there maybe was maybe was one and i think greg's gonna find another coaching job i think greg's going to be fine and he was always you know a good dude to me but i just think it was a little unfair and i know i got a microphone and i'm talking i'm like why the hell are there 50 percent pressure rates on drawbacks i mean all of that i mean the kids were trying it just it just didn't seem to fit with what they had versus what they wanted to run and specifically a lot of pressure was put on the o-line yeah well um you know as far as i watched south carolina um a little bit man yeah i, I was fortunate enough to you know have access to some of their early mm-hmm. practices and, and saw the struggles they had up front and you know they're they're older but inexperienced and they're always trying to you know they're always trying to find the uh, you know they're always trying to find the right combination but you know i remember watching them against georgia and playing against those aliens up front and um <laughs> you know there was no help they didn't give those guys any help you know every time you looked up every time you looked up i mean it was all, both tackles were on an island and i know hey it's sec it's power five it's big 10 but you got to do stuff to help those guys you know there's 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 um there's ways to turn the protection i can tell you people game plan for randy gregory 
people game plan for Adrian Claiborne. You know, Adrian Claiborne's fifth year and Randy Gregory's junior year, um, they were better players, but not not statistically because people game plan for them differently. You know, I mean, Illinois, Illinois was lining up with a tight end and a wing back to his side and, and pass pros, you know. So, so you know, what I didn't see as an offense, and once again, I'm watching it on TV, sure. right? And, and it's you, – you don't – and I'm not in those conference rooms. Um, so, it all – nobody knows what's going on except those guys in there. Um, but I'm looking in there saying, well, you know, what are you doing to help these guys? Um, and I'm talking – I'm not talking about – um, I'm talking about schematically, you know, are you chipping with the back? I mean, do you, do you need to get five receivers? You know, do you need to get four receivers in the back out? Um, you know, are you dual reading with the center? You know, are you throwing hot? I mean, you know, there, there's so many things that you can do, uh, especially when you're in these, in these type of leagues, because no matter how good you are at some point, somebody's going to need help. There's going to be a matchup that, um, that somebody's going to need help with no matter how good you can be a first team all conference player you're going to need some help a- along the way every once in a while so that's what i didn't see and um and once again i'm a tv watching from tv i'm not in those staff rooms so you know i preface with that I, I don't know what's going on but and now and now back to hail varsity radio I heard last spring and all summer downhill, downhill. I I just don't, I don't, I don't see that. And being, being a dude that coached O-line that, you know, played, played a fullback, played a tight end and played an offensive line. You know, I went downhill a lot straight ahead, really fast with like five and six other guys that were going really fast. I, I got a pretty good idea what downhill looks like and feels like. And when I put Nebraska on TV, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel downhill. You know, as a coach, there's, there's times, you know, there, there is times, Schmitty, where sometimes a scheme, all right, sometimes circumstances can make a good coach just not be successful. You know, sometimes it just doesn't line up. I mean, take Nebraska. Bill Callahan, if I'm not mistaken, was in a Super Bowl. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Frank Solich played for a national championship a couple years before he got fired. If I'm not mistaken, Bo was in the NFL for nine years and won more games in his in his span than Oregon and Alabama. Those were the only two other programs that had won nine or ten for seven years straight. Um, you know, Scott Frost was undefeated. Uh, the only guy who was a slap was was Mike Riley. Right. I mean, he was what he was and, and that's what you got. Right. I mean, so all of a sudden these guys didn't, they didn't become bad coaches. Right. I mean, sometimes there's, there's a lot more that comes into it. It's not like, Oh gosh, man, they fooled everybody till they got to Nebraska. You know, come on, man. You know, so, so, you know, when I'm looking at Greg Austin, here's a guy, here's a guy that went from, Here's a guy that went from getting a job offer from the Buffalo Bills. Um, hey, man, I know the Big Ten. I mean, shoot, man, there was guy Ryan Day was trying to get this guy. This guy had job offers, and he'll be he'll be fine. He'll be 100% fine. But you know, it's just like Schmitty, 2010. 
you know, I didn't become a bad coach three years later, you know, um, I didn't, I had to develop some guys and I was in a different defense and, you know, so that's it. But, but, uh, you know, I didn't change the way I coached. I mean, you're always tweaking things and all that, but sometimes it, 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 it has to do with, with your surroundings. So I, I don't think Greg Austin is a bad coach, but when I, when I look at what was going on schematically, I, I didn't see a whole hot, a whole hell of a lot of help for those young guys. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, what's your, you know, what's your go-to man, you know, what's your third and one where the defense knows what you're running, the offense knows what they're running and you're just lining up and saying, here, we stop that. And I think when you go through the big 10, I, I think you see an identity, not in just, not just in the run game, but in people's offenses. Is there, is there any mystery to what Iowa is? Is there any mystery to what Wisconsin is? I mean, that's downhill guys. And Nebraska doesn't look like those two teams. You know, you look what Brett's doing, you know, Nebraska doesn't look like what Illinois is trying to do. Right. I mean, does Brom have an identity? hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so to me, when I look at this offensive staff, they're man, they're in a they're in a tough spot, man. You know, you know, because you're recruiting and you're coaching, but kind of what what are you, right? And 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 Frost, it's his offense. It's his offense, man. You know, so so my thing is that's kind of a little bit of an indictment when they're coaching your offense and you're running your offense and you had to fire four guys, man. I, I just, I just think that's a little bit of an indictment on, on, on the system. And it might've worked at UCF, but this is the big 10 man. And all due respect, there's some great coaches in that league, but this is the best coach league in the, in the country, man. Um, I mean, this is, this is big boy ball. This is big ball coaching, man. These, these dudes, they'll find every single weakness and uh, and exploit it. And, and to me, that's the that's the type of stuff that you know that happened. And I think that's why there's been such a lack of uh, lack of success. But you know, when I, I, you know, this isn't, you know, that record just isn't an offensive problem, Schmitty. You know, I hope people understand that. Um, you know, and I hope Nebraska never. I just been hearing way too much of this you know, losing close. I mean, come on guys, you know, um, you know, talking preseason, you know, we can get to a bowl game and then during the season, hopefully we can get six. And then now mid season, it became, you know, play not getting blown out. Mm. I mean, that, whoa, come on, man. That's, that's the standard. You know, that, that's not acceptable. Um, and, uh, I just don't, I don't like that rhetoric and I'm, I'm hearing a, a little bit too much of that there. So, you know, I'm sorry to be so dang negative today, but when you got four guys on the street and it's a little bit, a little bit disappointing to me. Kaz, we'll get you out of here on this and thanks for your time, man. Uh, so how, how, and, and why can it work in year five with these changes? Obviously you, you want to bring the right people in, but. Ultimately, can Scott change what he's doing on offense to to be Big Ten functional? Well, I think you know. I think which once again it goes back to your your identities. Right now, you got guys that you're going to be playing with next year that you recruited three four years in the program. I mean, coordinators 
they recruit to guys to their system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, and here is, and, and here's where, what I don't think is going to happen when you have a guy whose back is against the wall fighting for his job. You mean to tell me he's going to let the reins off that he's just going to let, he's going to, he's going to put his future and his name in some, in some nameless coordinator that you don't know that's going to be living in the Cornhusker Marriott and coming to Lincoln. I mean, you, you, would you let that happen? Absolutely not. You know, uh, so I find it hard to believe that he's just going to be completely hands off. So the hard part of this stuff working, um, let's give me some examples of of it working, right? Uh, and I know people will, will Michigan. Okay, well, I'll do respect to Nebraska. Michigan's been winning a lot of games, but with the exception of the COVID year, Michigan's won. They just haven't beat Ohio State. Well, who has? Who has? Okay, there ain't many people beating beating Ohio State. I think Day, if I'm not mistaken, is undefeated in the Big Ten. He is. Uh, and he's been two years. Yeah. So you know, I, I understand that that's Michigan's rival, but nobody's beaten Ohio State. Nobody, and it it, it rarely happened before. And um, so you know, the, when you look at Michigan. Michigan's far and above, uh, far and above. They're 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 ahead. They're ahead. I, I think when you look at Michigan, and I think probably what what hurt Harbaugh, Harbaugh at 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 one point was when he had musical chairs, where he kept changing kind of what they wanted to be. And I think when you look at Harbaugh now, I think he's what he was at Stanford. I think he's what he was at. Um, the 49ers, they're kind of boring to watch. Good Lord. I watched them Saturday night. And even when they were scored, you know, or couples, you know, when they played Indiana, what a boring game, what a boring offense, but it works. That's that, that's their identity. Right. And it's Michigan. They got guys that fit that identity and it's easier to recruit at, at, I mean, they got, they got dudes. Rick Kaczynski, a few more minutes here. We'll wind down a Tuesday with Hale Varsity Radio. And we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Kaz, uh, good enough to give us some thoughts on the assistant moves yesterday by Coach Frost. We'll finish up with him next. Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Nebraska doesn't have a Hutchinson. Nebraska doesn't have two backs like those two dudes, right? I mean, they got – I think Nebraska's got some tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um they got an offensive line, but I think what I think what what Michigan did was they helped those guys. They simplified that offense. Get lined up, put your hand in the dirt, and we're firing off, and we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run up your tail with these two strong big running backs, and we're gonna fall forward, and it's gonna be second and six, and then we're gonna max protect, and we're gonna run post dig two man routes. That's what we're gonna do. Take shots. So. So I, I think, you know, I think Florida's in that situation. If that works at Florida, uh, I'll pay two years mortgage for you, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a guy. I mean, him and Hevesy, they go back. I mean, and that's what's, that's what's sad about college football. I mean, you know, coaches are paid handsomely, but, man, I mean, where is the, where is the loyalty, man? 
I mean, where is the loyalty? I mean, it just, you know, the guys I worked for would never, ever, ever do that. And thank, thank God. I mean, I worked for some unbelievable guys and I'm not, that's not, that's not a shot at anybody's character at all. Um, I, I, I understand it. I understand it. I do. Uh, I don't like it, but I, I get it. But man, fortunately, I was on some staffs that won enough games. We didn't have to worry about that. And, um, but man, Schmidt, uh, you know, uh, how, how's it going to work? Why is it going to work? You know, you look at the guys that have been keeping Nebraska in these games. A lot of them dudes ain't going to be here next year, brother. You know, you're going to get a glimpse of life without Jojo Doman. You know, you're going to get Cam Taylor Britt. Um, you know, this, I think what the safety is his name, Williams. Yep. Um, Deontay. You're mm-hmm. Ben still. Yeah. You're, you're losing some dudes, man. I mean, you're losing some dudes. I know Adrian makes some mistakes, but he's a playmaker and your backup quarterback hasn't gotten many snaps because all the games are closed. So, you know, so you're going in and the reason I I just think there's more reasons why it's not going to work than than I see it working. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm wrong, man, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, but, you know, you, you, you're going to get the same rhetoric. We're going to be downhill. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. And then, you know what? You come out in the fall and it, it looks the same. So when you got four falls that looks the same, I can't imagine a fifth fall looking looking a whole lot of, whole lot of different there, boss, man. Kaz, always love catching up, brother. We'll do this uh, next week for Wisconsin Week. Thanks for a few minutes today. You got it, bud. Thank you. Good stuff from Coach Kaz. His take, his perspective on uh, just the, the the topic of change, it is here. And is it going to be for the better? You hope that as a Nebraska fan. Some of you wanted Scott back for a fifth year. Some of you didn't. But the reality is, is you have Scott back for a fifth year. So how is it going to look better a year from now where maybe as a Nebraska fan, you're excited about going into the Wisconsin-Iowa uh, Black Friday dance? slugfest and you're sitting at seven wins eight wins maybe better maybe you're still sitting at five maybe you're sitting at four i don't know time will tell but all those things uh, that Kaz touched on are hard to hear for some nebraska fans with just the reality but you've got time you've got time and you've made changes and you've got a plan and you got a vision now you got to execute some thoughts on husker hoops tomorrow back at four thanks